0: Hi there, welcome to Victim to Victor, the podcast dedicated to empowering abuse survivors and inspiring healing, hope and positive change. I'm Anu Verma, a published author, and in every episode I'll sit down with a guest and embark on an insightful conversation about trauma as well as practical strategies to start the healing process. So let's get started. I hope you enjoy the show. In today's episode, I have Michael Unbroken on my show. From homeless to hero, Michael Unbroken is the founder of Think Unbroken, best-selling author, award-winning speaker, podcast host, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma. Since 2016, Michael has empowered over 100,000 trauma survivors to get out of the vortex, learn to love themselves, and become the hero of their own story. Michael has spoken in over 80 countries, won investments from undercover billionaire Grant Cardone and is on a mission to end generational trauma in his lifetime. Additionally, Michael has been an entrepreneur since the age of eight, a leader of 500 people in his career, built multiple seven figure businesses, and has consulted with multiple Fortune 500 companies. His mission is to empower trauma survivors with the tools and curriculum of Think Unbroken to get unstuck, learn to love themselves, get out of the vortex, and reclaim their power. And here he is, Michael M. How are you doing? I'm
1: very well, my friend. How are you today?
0: Oh, I'm great. It's a Saturday night and the feelings, right? (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on uh, because I know you have a story and a half to share with us. And, you know, as this show is for uh, sexual abuse survivors, um, I think it's an important topic of discussion for male survivors as well as female survivors. And I'm seeing a lot more male survivors um, come out of the woodwork now. So I think, you know, it's a great time to be raising that awareness. So thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, of course. It's my pleasure. And I I think any time is a great time to be talking about things that people are afraid to talk about.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I know, you know, one of the main reasons why people aren't speaking up, um, is because they just feel all alone, you know, that they feel like, um, sometimes they even blame themselves. There's a lot of shame and guilt associated with what's happened to them.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think that's the unfortunate thing that, that comes probably more so from the abusers than us, as the people who have been hurt, Mm. um, you know, because it's a, it's a tactic of control, and then there's all the other parts of the human psyche that start to kick in on the backside of that, and suddenly you're looking at your life, and you know it's um it's upside down. So yeah, I think it's unfortunate that that this is a conversation that we even have to have. But I'm also very proud of us for being willing to step in and and have that conversation.
0: Absolutely, and that's why you're here today to obviously give us your story and also um, to inspire my listeners and viewers, you know, if they're currently stuck and require a way out.
1: Yeah. You know, I I think that we all have... I do believe this. I think we all have the ability to create massive transformation in our lives. Mm -hmm. But it... It only comes from this place where we're willing to give ourselves permission to be successful. And, mm-hmm. and that's one of the most difficult things that we have in life because for many of us, I mean, we come from these backgrounds in which we're told, you know, you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you're not capable enough. And then you yeah. compile that and 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 parlay that with just life. And, and suddenly you look at the way I looked at my life over a decade ago. And I was just at like rock bottom. So, you know, yeah. it's my pleasure to be here with you today.
0: Oh, thank you. So um, it'd be great for you to share your story um, and also, um, you know, how you actually transformed from being the victim to the victor, which is exactly what this show is. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, you know, when I was four years old, um, my mother, who was a drug addict and alcoholic, she actually cut off my right index finger. And people always go, Well, how could your mother do that? And it's because it was a repeat of generational trauma right okay. it was the abuse begetting abuse begetting abuse and you know it's that thing it's that cycle that happens yeah. and my stepfather was super abusive like the kind of guy you pray is never your stepfather he would kick the shit out of my brothers and i he put me in the hospital like the whole night wow. right just the absolute okay. horror story and, wow. and in this, you know, we grew up in the, the Mormon church. And so Sunday was the only time where like there was any like semblance of kindness or peace around me. Um, and, and in that, by the time that I was eight years old, we started getting deep into poverty. And we were getting evicted from our home. Um, I lived with over 30 different families over the next few years, getting bounced um, place to place to place. And it was in that where where I was molested by one of the, the mothers at one of the families that I was with. And... And at the time, I didn't really understand it. Obviously, I'm like nine years old. I have no idea what's really going on. Um, but I, I told my mother, and she basically told me that didn't happen. Never tell anyone ever. Right? Wow. And, and like, I understand why she would do that because mm-hmm. you know the last thing that for her she would want to do is interrupt the process of being able to dump her kids off on other people. Yeah. And and look, it is what it is. Right. So by the mm-hmm. time I'm 12 years old, my my grandmother she adopts me, um, which is both an, a really amazing thing and a really shitty thing. Uh, my my I'm biracial. I'm I'm black and white. I'm West African Nigerian and Irish, oh, yeah. and and my grandmother is a super racist old white lady from a Ooh. town in Middle America, Tennessee. You've never oh, heard goodness. of. So wow. Now it's like insert identity crisis, and yeah. this is. This is a really strange next few years for me um, because we're, I'm going to a predominantly minority high school, and like none of my friends are allowed to come inside of my house. So, if that tells you anything. And so, at 12 years old, I, I, I get high for the first time. I get drunk at 13. By 15, I'm expelled from school for selling drugs. I was breaking in houses, stealing cars, running with guns, hurting people, right? Wow. I was just trying to have community with my best friends. And we were doing all these things because that's what you know, our, our brothers above us were doing and our friends above us and, and looking at and measuring them. Yeah. I finally got into a last chance program in high school. And they were like, um, you know, we'll give you this opportunity to get your shit together. <laughs> I didn't. And I did not graduate high school on time. And they finally just literally handed me the diploma. And you're like, you just got to get out of here. We don't know what to do with you. Good luck in the world. And my only thought growing up... you know, I think people have dreams when they're little kids. I want to be fucking astronaut or doctor. (laughs) I didn't have that. The only thing I dreamed about as a little kid was don't die. And so when I made it to 18 years old heading into 19... I'm in this place where I finally have graduated high school Hmm. and I'm trying to figure out like what's next. And I couldn't get into the military, which was my out. That was my plan A, B, C, D, E. That was the only thing I was going to do because I hurt my knee. And because I hurt my knee so badly, I could not pass the physical exam, even though I passed the aptitude test and I could do any job I wanted in the military. So now I was really in trouble. And I made this choice. I said, by the time I'm 21. Mm -hmm. I want to make $100,000 a year legally. And that was a sign to me because I looked at life as the solution for poverty. It's got to be money. The solution Mm -hmm. for abuse, it's got to be money. And I knew I needed to do it legally because I have family who is in prison for life. I've Mm -hmm. been in handcuffs. And as of today, my three childhood best friends have been murdered like i knew like if i stayed down the path i was going down it was going to be really really bad news for me yeah. and so i made this decision excuse me i'm sorry i made this decision and I went into this path of trying to figure out how you get to a hundred thousand dollars a year legally. Okay. Well, sure enough, I end up doing it. and on my twenty first birthday, I cash one of my first checks for six for for five figures. Mm-hmm. And that thing that happens to people when they get money for the first time happened to me, and yeah. uh, it destroyed my life. And I yeah. found myself at 350 pounds. I don't know what that transfers <gasps> to. Um, wow. Smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. Oh. Drinking myself to sleep. Cheating on my girlfriend. Putting myself in precarious sexual positions. Um, okay. Destroying my life outwardly. Mm. And that's when I put a gun in my mouth. <clears throat> I was just done. I was like, oh, goodness, I thought money was supposed to fix all this. Mm. And it didn't. It only made my life worse. Okay. And the next day, I'm laying in bed. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. Keep in mind, I'm 350 pounds. And I'm smoking a joint, eating chocolate cake, and watching the CrossFit Games. Oh, like, wow. If, if that's not rock bottom, I don't know what is. And, and I went into the bathroom and I was looking at myself in the mirror and I remember being eight years old and the water company coming and turning our water off. Okay. That's how poor we were. And I grew up in America, in Indianapolis, in a major city. And they turned our water off. But they would turn off our heat in the winter and our electricity in the summer. And we would get evicted all the time. And But this one particular day, I went in the backyard and I grabbed this little blue bucket and I walked across the street to our neighbor's house. And I turned on the spigot on the side of their house. And for the first time in my life, I stole water. And I was like, when I'm a grown-up, like this is not going to be my life. And it wasn't my life in terms of finances, but I was still that hurt, lost little boy. And as I stood there looking in the mirror, having this memory, I asked myself, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the words, no excuses, just results like started reverberating through my body. And what that meant in that moment was I'm no longer going to negotiate with myself. And that started this process that 11 years later has led me to where I'm having this conversation with you. And so in that, there was a lot. There was therapy, group therapy, men's group therapy, trauma therapy, EMD, CBT, like A, B, C, D, E, like all (laughs) the acronyms, right? It was was coaching, it was mentorship, it was reading the books, going to the conferences, doing personal development. And then it turned into education where as of today, I have over 30 trauma-informed certifications and certificates because I decided like... I've got to take care of myself. I got to figure out what the hell is going on. And yeah. now today, you know, it's it's really fascinating to me. I've written a number one best-selling book. I've published multiple books. I'm an award-winning speaker. I've got a top podcast. I've traveled the world speaking and coaching and worked with thousands and thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And it's all about one thing, like can we figure out how to overcome? Can we become the hero of our own story? Mm-hmm. Absolutely,
0: and so, how old were you when you did hit rock bottom?
1: I was like, well, like honestly, like when I think about it, I love that no one's ever asked me that question. When I think about it, I'm like, rock bottom was basically fucking 14 years old till 25 and a half.
0: Ooh,
1: wow! Right? <laughs> because yeah. what what is rock bottom, right? And this is my definition, and I think everyone has to figure this out for themselves, or hopefully <laughs> not actually. Yeah. And it was very much like how can i destroy my life today yeah and that's what it was it was self sabotage it was putting myself in the wrong situations being around the wrong people like like looking at everything that i could do to sabotage myself to destroy the things i'd worked so hard for yeah. to push away love to push away community to to ostracize myself to go into drugs and alcohol and sex and all of those things as a coping mechanism for not dealing with the things I needed to deal with. And so, yeah, I mean, like my rock bottom was like over a decade because it just felt like that's what life was until I understood that that wasn't what life had to be.
0: Absolutely. That's a lot of trauma. It's That's years of trauma. And how long would you say it took you to be where you are today?
1: Every single day from that moment of looking in the mirror. Okay. Right, And we're talking yeah. about over 11 years, almost 12 years. And, mm. and I'll never... This is what I teach my clients all the time. I'm like, the thing that you have to understand is no one book, no coaching, no fucking program is going to yeah. just fix all this. No. You're going to do this for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: And so I still have coaches. I still go to therapy. I still read the books. I still go to the conferences. Mm-hmm. And I've accepted that that's the reality for me. And yeah. so, you know, are there pivotal moments in that in which massive change happens? Sure, of course, obviously. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's always a, a a one day at a time. Take a step, move mm-hmm. forward. Take a step, make a mistake, fall back, do the thing I said I'd never do again. Pick myself up. Go. Okay. Great. How did I get into that situation? Rebuild. Go forward. Rinse and repeat for the next. I don't know. Hopefully, I'll get seventy more years out of this thing. Right. Yeah. So you know, it's a it's a process. It's a game. It's it's life.
0: Yeah, and it it is, and uh, because trauma is such a huge topic for me as well. Uh, I'm currently doing a level seven in trauma and PTSD. And wow, it's just just studying it. It's so triggering because it just brings up so much because you're just learning so much about, you know, how the mind and the body's all connected. And, you know, it was only recently I learned that trauma is actually stored in the body um because you know i just thought it was just to do with mental health before and i think you're right it's knowledge knowledge is going to help us to put us on the path that we need to be on and um it's also not giving up because what i'm finding is that trauma just comes when you least expect it you know it's within like situations at work or in relationships suddenly you find that you're acting differently Yes. So yes, yeah, so you find that you're acting differently, and that you're, um, you know, you you take things differently as well, and that you you just get triggered over the silliest things, and we don't even realize that that's all trauma related.
1: Yeah, and that's why it's important to have education, right? Yeah, that's what I I tell people all the time. Like, you know, your your greatest tool in this process is education, is learning, is yeah. getting the getting the books, listening to the podcast, going to the conferences, getting educated because you have to understand that what is happening is a biological experience. Mm -hmm. You're literally having a chemical induced experience. Your brain is releasing these chemicals, cortisol, right? As a great precursor to getting into this place where your amygdala starts to misfire and you're all of a sudden like all over the place because you're in fight or flight because you're in the sympathetic nervous system. Yeah. one thing happened in passing so quickly that normal people wouldn't notice it, but yeah. you've been programmed since you were three years old to be hyper vigilant because it's a survival mechanism mm. built in to the structure of the human capacity to make sure that you do one thing, and that is to live. And yeah. so when you understand that, and when you can look at the things and know what triggers you, i.e. I was walking down the street and I saw this thing that reminded me of that thing that led to this place where my body freaked out because it's an autonomic response to when that thing happened to me 25 years ago I had to go into fight or flight to protect myself mm. when you understand that then you start to take control over your life and that's where people get missed on um, on, on the practicality of healing trauma because like going and talking to therapists is great like fine mm. I think everyone should do that I still do but I think if you really want to one up this if you really want to be able to take control over your life you've got to understand the biological responses that occur when certain stimuli enter your environment that lead you to this place where you are in this position of going into the sympathetic nervous system as a defensive mechanism for survival.
0: Wow. That is just amazing. You just explained that so well. Because sometimes it's so difficult to explain that in layman's terms about the amygdala and sympathetic nervous system, because it's all linked, you know, when it comes to trauma. Um, I know that, you know, if you are, if you do have trauma, your body will have a lot of nervous energy. And, uh, and obviously that's linked to the fight or flight response. So I think, um, yeah, you're right. I think body healing, you know, we need to probably do more of that. Yeah. Therapy is great. EMDR as you've done already. And the ones that I'm studying are the, uh, prolonged exposure therapy and then the IRRT <laughs> acronyms again. So how about body therapy? What, what, what would you recommend for that?
1: Yeah, so look, I'm not going to recommend anything because I'm not a doctor. Um, <laughs> but, but what I will, but what I will tell you is what I did. Um, and so, what I, I'm not trying to get sued. What I did was <laughs> I, I looked at like my body, like okay. So to your point, yes, let's talk about this for a moment. Your your body does store trauma, right? It does keep that inwardly think about it like this if you have all these experiences that you never talk about that you never do anything about and they're trapped within you you're just burying them deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and the mm. more that you do that the more that they want to come out right yeah. I was in this position where I was like 28 29 years old having five panic attacks a day like wow literally on the ground like Oh my God, what's happening? Now, I was on the backside of this journey, right? I was starting to go through the process of healing and going to therapy, but I was just now like touching the surface of all of the darkness. Think about this. In three minutes, you know Mm. more about me than people who knew me for 28 years, 29 Mm. years, 30 years, right? And so that that stuff wants to escape right now Mm -hmm. you can read a a phenomenal book about the psychosomatic response of all this is um, called healing back pain by John Sarno. You can also read the body keeps the score by Bessel van der Kolk. You can also read radical acceptance by Tara Brock. You can read all these books and they all kind of point to this idea that when you start to expose all of the, the the stress that you keep within yourself from these experiences, you'll notice your body starts to change. Yeah. Oh, okay. Suddenly I don't have that weird pain. My anxiety is going away. I don't have panic attacks every day. And that became my experience. Now, yes. coupled with, to your question, to create context around that, mm-hmm. I have found for myself that because... All right, so think about it like this. Growing up in a cortisol state during your developmental years means that you're constantly in this pace of fight or flight. But mm. well, when you're always in fight or flight in the sympathetic nervous system, well, you don't really have the opportunity except in rare occasions to be in the parasympathetic nervous system, mm. which is the rest and recovery and digest system of the body, right? Yeah. This nit- typically and normally happens during sleep. That's where you'll get into REM. Your body will process memories, put them where they need to go. You will wait. Wake up refreshed and revived. For most people who are in a traumatic household growing up, you Mm. cannot get into the sympathetic or excuse me, parasympathetic nervous system because you're always on high alert. I, from my experience, the worst and most terrifying part of my day was knowing I had to go home. Nothing was scarier. So how do you get into a parasympathetic nervous system, rest, Mm -hmm. digest, recover, if you're always in the most terrifying position, your own home? Now think about that for people who have survived trauma their mm. home is the most dangerous place for them to be. They never get to this place where they can rest and recover. The body is always hypervigilant, super mm. stressed out, always tense. Now think about how that impacts your life. Okay. Uh-huh. You're in this position where you're in pain and you're in suffering and it hurts. Mm. My experience with healing my physical body came with A, getting serious about exercise taking care of myself, diet, like discovering what foods I should and could and shouldn't eat, how okay. to nourish myself, going to things like getting acupuncture and yeah. yoga and doing things like deep tissue massage and myofascial release and things of that nature. Okay. And all of those things played a pivotal role. Like, yeah. I mean, I think to to think that your body is somehow separate of your mind is... is Awfully dismissive. Yeah, They're, they go hand in hand.
0: Absolutely, and that's why you know yoga practices that really help to connect the mind and body. And um, you know, I'm a, a great lover of Kundalini yoga because I feel like there's a lot of trauma release techniques that they do in Kundalini <laughs> yoga. And so, just obviously, you know, talking about trauma and um, the PTSD because I see a lot of people um, in this day and age and you know that they're obviously getting triggered but they're just not even aware that anything's going on inside them that they're not even aware that they might have been abused as a a child and I know a lot of the times it can take decades for somebody to understand what actually happened to them so was it the same with you when you were really young um, or did you kind of remember everything that happened to you
1: no, I remembered everything. Um, one of the really interesting things that you that, that I've come to understand about the way that different people process trauma is that for some, like it becomes a blank spot. They mm. can't pull that memory, they never remember it. For others, like myself, I remember everything. Wow. And okay. and the hard part about remembering everything is that. And mm. so, like one of the things that was interesting, like growing up, I knew something was wrong in my house i knew something wasn't right you know yes. i knew something was off um but it was just my home i thought that that's just what it was and so i was able to tap into most of the experiences of my childhood once i got serious into this this healing journey um because they were always kind of right there on the surface
0: yeah okay yeah that's interesting so i guess um the the whole um You know, perspective, you know, when it comes to what happened to you, it boils down to self-awareness, right? This is why self-awareness is so important in this day and age. Yeah,
1: I think self-awareness plays a big role. But I also think that the way that you get to self-awareness in a really practical way is that you have to have somebody else to bounce these things off of. Mm-hmm. You have to have somebody to mirror this so that you can create an understanding of it. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that when you're trying to do this all on your own and you're trying to figure it out, like it's much more difficult. And when you have yes. the ability to parlay with someone, it really helps you really expedite making meaning of where you are and who you are in your life.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Because you mentioned that as well, just... The fact that in order to heal trauma, it's about building a team and connecting with others. I know you're a big firm believer of that.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Because, like, think about this. You I don't know anyone who's ever done anything great alone. Mm. If you want to create massive transformation in your life, you're going to have to have team, right? Yeah. And 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 there's an acronym in that too: time, effort, energy, money. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to have to get involved. You're going to have to take control of your life. You're going to have to put yourself in the rooms with the people who can help you go to what's next in your life. Because the truth mm-hmm. is, like, you can try to do this alone all day long. And I'm not saying some people don't succeed because I'm sure they do. But mm-hmm. everyone that I know who's really succeeded in creating transformation in their life, they've been a part of a group, they've been a part of a team, mm-hmm. a community.
0: And also, it's the power of having a mentor as well, or a few mentors. Um, you know, again, a lot of this gets dismissed. You know, where people say, "Oh, I don't need a mentor. I don't need a coach. I'll just read a book. I'll be fine." But yeah, yeah.
1: Well, but look, I no. Well, I'll say this because I do think books are mentors to an extent. Okay. I mean, that's why I still i'll I'll read seventy books this year. Um, I always, I try to. Um, every single year because I'm always trying to learn. But like, realistically, the most like profound growth I've had is like being in direct human connection with people who are where I want to go. Okay. You got to invest to get there. Like you really do. Like that's the truth about it. Right. And and people like, why would I spend money on a life coach? Well, why wouldn't you? Why would you spend money on stuff that doesn't serve you? Why would you spend money on going to the bar or watching Netflix all night or playing video games? Why would you invest in that but not in your life? And I think that's one Mm. of the really weird things that you have to come to understand about this experience is that every one of the decisions that you're making impact everything that's going to happen to you.
0: Yeah. And that's one of Tony Robbins quotes. He says, you know, it's in your moments of your decision that your destiny is shaped. I love that. Yeah. That's true. Wow. So let's talk about your... Obviously, the fact you're an author now and you're also an entrepreneur. How did you come to succeed in life so gracefully?
1: Yeah. Well, there's no grace in it. It's like falling down a mountain and dragging yourself (laughs) back up. (laughs) There's, there's no grace in any of this. I think anyone who's doing it gracefully is not working hard enough. They're not trying. Oh. They're not taking a big enough risk. You know what I'm like saying? Not, yeah. Um. You know, I, I've been an entrepreneur really my whole life, and I've also been a writer my whole life. I, I mm-hmm. would call myself a writer before I would call myself a coach or a speaker or a podcast guy, whatever. I, I'm a okay. writer first, and so I always knew I was going to write a book. And now I've written mm-hmm. a couple, and I'll, I'll write as many as I can before I die. Um, and being an entrepreneur is, you know, I just I don't like being told what to do. Yeah. And so to like, really, no, seriously, I don't like being told what to do. I mean, that yeah. doesn't mean that doesn't exist in my life. But you know, to go and work at a job that I hate all day, which I've done, I worked in corporate America in a Fortune 10 company. Doesn't mm-hmm. get much more controlled than that. Like we were no, so I... micromanaged in that company that wow. they scheduled our bathroom breaks. And this is at a company, like a giant billion dollar company. Wow. And, um, okay. and I was like, I, I don't want to do this, right? And so I think the the greatest thing on... <laughs> Entrepreneurship is very simply uh, living life on your terms, and it's yeah. a really beautiful experience.
0: That is, absolutely, and I know that you know you talk about leadership as well, and the fact that you know it is important to be vulnerable in order to be a leader, and that vulnerability isn't a weakness; it's actually a strength.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's the thing we have to come to recognize is, I mean, even you right now having this conversation, having this podcast, you're being a leader, but mm-hmm. you're being a leader through being vulnerable enough to to have the parlay. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing I, I want people to understand is, you know, if you want to be a leader, you've got to be vulnerable because A, yeah. people see through bullshit, right? Yeah. And, and B, like people want to connect, like yeah. I only want to connect with people who are keeping it real. If you're out here like creating a farce for the sake yeah. of like trying to to spread a message quote unquote, I'm going to yeah. see that. I'm going to know your truth and so You know, when I look at the leaders in my life, my mentors, the people I look up to, like they're keeping it real. And I try to honor that in my journey. And I think that anyone who wants to be in a leadership role or position or impact the world in a practical and powerful way, they've got to be willing to do the same. I love that.
0: Yeah. So how, like, let's just say somebody um, is a bit frightened, but yet, you know, they want to be a leader. What, What would you recommend that they do?
1: Yeah, I mean, you gotta be willing to face your fear. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the truth about it. And I, I face every single day when I write down my journal, I look at like the rules of my life. And number one is face fear. Okay. If yeah. you don't, nothing's gonna change. Mm-hmm. Cause on the other side of that hard, difficult, scary decision, that's where life is. Yeah. And so you can be comfortable in this place where you are right now and and go to bed that night wishing.
0: Okay.
1: Or you can act. And when you act, when you make a decision, your life will be different. And look, and Mm -hmm. if you're worried about people judging you, I'll tell you a secret. They already are. So you might as well go and do what (laughs) you want to do.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Show them. Show them what you're made of. And yeah. And it's also important to put yourself in, um, out of your comfort zone. Well, I try and do that daily through different avenues. Mm -hmm. You know, it it used to be the cold showers, but in the winter, that's a bit difficult here now. (laughs) It's all the more reason to do it. (laughs) I'm still kind of in my discomfort comfort zone. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of stuff do you do for yourself and also for self-care? I think that's really important.
1: Yeah. I mean, my self-care is everything. You know, my, my first 90 minutes to two hours of my day are all about me. Um, I don't check emails. I don't get on Instagram. I don't look at social media. This is where I read. This is where I, Conceptualize my future where I meditate, mm. where I visualize, where I go to the gym, where I write in my journal. Like wow. those, those first couple hours a day are everything, right? And people yeah. always go, Well, I don't have time. Yeah, you do. Wake up, <laughs> get up. Wake get up. Yeah. Get
0: exactly. out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Right?
1: Stay, go to bed earlier. Wake up. People like I, you know, I have a client right now. They dramatically changed their life. It's amazing. Wow. When, when we first started working together, like they were so far removed from where they are today. And I, 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 one day I said, why can't you create time for yourself? And they go, well, I got kids and I work this job and now I'm doing coaching it takes up time. And I said, how many hours a week do you watch television? Mm. And that was a really interesting wake-up call for them. Wow. Because we went through it. like Literally, I said, day by day by day, let's talk about this. They yeah. were spending 40 hours a week watching television. Wow. wow. What? Now, four. Right, the average the average person spends 28 hours a week watching television.
0: No, you don't have time. Do they you not got, work? You,
1: know, you watch three hours of Netflix at night, you watch six hours of the game on Sunday. Like wow. you got you got time, you just had to make a decision. Yeah. And so you know that's why. I'm able to read 70 books a year. That's why I'm able Mm -hmm. to do all the things I do. And I I don't. I I watch TV. Hell yeah, I do. Like I Mm -hmm. love it. Like I love cartoons and anime and documentaries and you know, getting on the couch with some popcorn and watching a movie. But it literally takes me like four days to watch a movie. Right. So I give myself a small portion of time, you know, so I can connect with the people in my life, so I can spend my time doing something important. Because when you die, you're never going to be like, oh, I wish I would watch that episode of Friends for the seventh time.
0: (laughs) It's so (laughs) true. It eats away in the most kind of important hours of every day. So, absolutely. I think um, it's about, you know, having that coach and actually planning your schedule and, you know, what you're doing. Also, I I say it. About food as well. It's so important to have like a food diary so that we know exactly what we're intaking. Because again, you know, when it comes to trauma, um, food can trigger that as well. Oh. Food really affects our mental health. I only heard recently about gluten actually being um, associated with low low moods.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Alcohol, sugar, all of those mm. things. Now, look, I'm not saying don't enjoy your life, but. You know, if you feel it negatively impacting you, you might want to consider why you're putting it in your body. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's just habitual. We're conditioned to it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that you have to recognize that and understand it. Um, mm-hmm. I think also, and this is a really interesting part of the conversation that not enough people talk about, but there is a, a certain aspect that I contemplate. Whereas if you're putting food into your body that isn't taking care of yourself, are you really doing self care?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That that is a good question, which everybody needs to ask themselves. How about learning to love ourselves? Where does that start?
1: Yeah. Look, I mean, uh, that's the that's the question, right? That's the the million dollar question. That's mm. the magic. That's the everything. And I'm going to tell you from my experience how I think you get there. Okay. You know, I believe this. I truly do. The only way you're going to get to the position in your life where you love yourself Mm -hmm. is that you're going to have to do difficult things. You're going to have to do things that are that are in that are instinctual to you about what it is that you feel like you should be doing you're going to have to stop doing things that you don't want to do because it pleases other people you're going to uh, have to push yourself physically mentally emotionally spiritually yeah. you're going to have to get into this place where you create the person that you believe you're capable of being uh, like i tell people all the, all the time like The Michael sitting here in front of you today, and that's not to be crass using myself in the third person, Mm. is a realization of the idea of the person I thought I could be. And the person that I'm going to be in 25 years will be completely different than the person I am today. And that's because I'm willing to step through the difficulty of creating myself. And Mm. and that's what life is. like That's the secret. like That's Mm. the thing. You want to love yourself? Then do the shit that you know you need to do to take care of yourself. Stop making excuses. Stop negotiating with yourself. Mm. Start doing the things that you know you need to do. Because if it's
0: keeping you awake at night, you're lying to yourself. Uh, It's a big test. When it comes to comfort zones, I think, yeah, absolutely. We need to, again, it's about reflecting, writing things down that that you want to achieve in your life. And then just finding ways to get there, you know, hire a coach or, you know, get on support groups. Because I know that you're doing quite a lot of support at the moment, which I'd love you to share with us. Because you've got some Facebook groups and also I'd like to learn more about your books.
1: Yeah, of course. You know, and 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 I do think support plays a huge role in it. Um, I do a group coaching program that we kick up every six weeks. It's a six week daily program, um, mm-hmm. and it's at coaching.thinkunbroken.com. And the Think Unbroken six week coaching program, I built into an app. So you don't have any excuses because I know you guys so <laughs> yeah. and so you're able to go and do the program every single day. It's a check-in. It's a journal. It's a goal setting. It's me diving into the practical concepts like what we're talking about today, but at scale. Um, nice. and, and it's really about taking your opportunity every single day to live life on your terms through uh-huh. education, the very thing we're talking about. Um, and that is... That's available, again, if you go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com. And mm. the books, Like, here's what I think is interesting. The, the, the books are available on Amazon and all the places, but you can get them from the library for free.
0: Oh, okay. That, that still
1: exists. I, 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 don't, like, I don't pay all this. <laughs> like, Go to the library. It's fine. <laughs> it's free. I still have a library. I swear <laughs> to you, I read... I would say 90% of my books come from the library.
0: No, Why serious? am I going to sit
1: here and pay for something that I can get that I'm already paying taxes for, <laughs> <laughs> All right? Go leverage the tool, right? Oh, my and so,
0: goodness. Yeah, you're buffer for sure. I'm so glad you're saying this. So everyone, yeah. listen, libraries are still out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they are. They're digital too. I have a digital library on my phone. I have a digital oh. library card. I can get any book in the world, most any oh book in the goodness. world. Perfect. Right. It doesn't yeah. cost anything because I'm already paying taxes for it. So I guess it costs <laughs> taxes, but still, like, that's my point. Like, people yeah. are always looking for excuses. I don't yeah. have $9 for a book. You don't need
0: $9 for a book. You can go to the damn library. Yeah. Stop exactly. making excuses. This is it. And I guess that proves the fact that, you know, when it comes to writing books and authors, a lot of the time we're not doing it for the many, are we? We're doing it because we've got a message that we want to share with people.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't do anything for money. Like, what is mm. money gonna do? Mm. Money, money doesn't. I mean, I think about this. Like, money is utility. You can't mm. change the world without it. I definitely plan on being a multimillionaire in my lifetime because let me tell you the truth about money. A, a fifty-dollar donation is great, but that's yeah. not changing anything. I'm sorry, uh, that's the truth. Like, it really is. And people yeah, are like, but a fifty million-dollar
0: donation. <laughs> Yeah. oh boy yeah i know that's true and i guess you know when it comes to donating money a lot of the times um unless you're out there delivering the money to the people that need it we don't know where it goes right
1: yeah exactly mm.
0: <laughs> just like some hard truths coming out here today <laughs> and so what motivates you to write your books
1: Um, because they're the books that I needed. Okay. I think everyone who writes the books would agree with that. Like, you know, from Stephen King to whomever, we'll all agree. Like we, we write the book that we want to write because it's the book that we want to read. Um, and, and I wrote Think Unbroken initially to be a practical guide. So it's broken down into part journal, part exercise, part work. It's not about me.
0: (gasps) brilliant It's not about
1: me it's about this program it's about coaching it's you know it's about all the things
0: that we're talking about right now excellent you've also got a self-love course i know that you've got um is it an offer on at the moment yeah so the the
1: best thing you can do right now um there are things changing on the the websites and structures and stuff go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com because all that stuff is there
0: excellent oh thank you so much Wow, that's amazing. So you have been amazing. And uh, I think one of your um, kind of main um, logos is become the hero of your own story. I love that. And it is. And I think that's a message we need to be sharing with people.
1: Well, if you don't do it, who's going to?
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. You have been amazing, and you've got so much knowledge that you're sharing out there, and valuing so many lives. And yeah, right, really appreciate. Yeah, appreciate your time. And uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this show. And uh, please do um, get in contact with Michael or and visit his website. Um, if you want to uh, read his books and go to the library, no need to purchase them on Amazon. <laughs> That's come from the horse's mouth. <laughs> And again, you know, if you have any questions, um, please don't uh, be afraid to ask myself or Michael. And again, it's been a pleasure serving and it's been a pleasure meeting Michael on this amazing episode. Thank you so much and I look forward to connecting with you again. Thank you, everyone. See you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Victim to Victor. Subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes and be sure to follow the podcast on socials to keep updated on what's next and share Victim to Victor with family and friends to help grow the community and spread the positive healing energy.